Oh, what's going on, broomheads, narbos, all that other stuff? It's Nairby from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby at the hallowed halls of Degrassi Junior High. And I literally just about three, four minutes ago finished watching the series finale of Degrassi Junior High, which we are going to cover in this episode of Degrassi Buddy. And wow. (laughs) But before we get there, we've got to recap, talk about... The three episodes before that is today on Degrassi Buddy. We are covering Degrassi Junior High Season 3, the final four episodes of the whole series. Episodes 13, 14, and 15, starting with episode 13, air date February 13th, 1989, title Making Whoopi. And let's get on with it. We start with Arthur returning home from school, and his dad tells him that his mother called... Arthur says that he's spending July with his mom and her man, that Jerry guy who we who we met in uh, season uh, whatever, probably season one. Yeah, you can check that out, Degrassi buddy, CerealGrapeJuice.com. Arthur's dad says that his mother will surely take Arthur somewhere exotic because of all of the money that she's got thanks to winning the lottery. Arthur then sits down on the couch and a whoopee cushion goes off. And his dad put it there because Arthur put a blast plastic fly in his dad's coffee. So it was revenge. Ah, the old jokes. The old fly in the plastic ice. Yeah. Remember those things? Whoopee cushions? Yeah. Arthur asks his dad why he's all dressed up. And his dad says that he and Carolyn are going out. And Arthur doesn't like it because he and his dad are supposed to stay home and watch Space Cadets together. Carolyn arrives and she almost, she almost looks like uh, Melanie's mom. We saw Melanie's mom in... Uh, the 20 bucks episodes, they look a lot alike, just different hair. Maybe they're sisters, or maybe they are actually the same person. You never know. Arthur's dad leaves for his date. Who? Well, they're going to leave, but uh, but before that, Arthur's dad kisses this Carol woman on the cheek, right in front of Arthur, making Arthur cringe a little. And that's when we get the intro. After the intro, Arthur arrives for school, and Yick is there, and he looks like he's going to take a picture of Arthur. But instead, the camera squirts Arthur in the face with water. And it was revenge for Arthur putting a plastic fly in Yick's milk. Arthur going nuts with these jokes, man. Careful with that crap. Yick asks Arthur if he watched Space Cadets with his dad last night. And Arthur says that he didn't because his dad had a date. Again. Arthur says that he wishes that they'd break up. Because they're too old to date. <laughs> because they're both 30-something. <laughs> Ah, and Carol is probably desperate to get married. Yick tells Arthur not to worry, and they'll never get married. And Arthur says that that's what his mom said, and now she's married to Jerry, who once again we met in a previous episode in season one, I believe. Check that out, Degrassi Buddy. Check out all the Degrassi Buddies, man. You want to kill time at work? Bloody hell, there's over 12 hours of Degrassi Buddy content. Yeah, yeah, hip, hip, hurrah, there's more to come. Uh, Luke enters the front school doors, and Allison and Amy are sitting there. In matching sweaters, but with different colors. (laughs) Looking ridiculous, but that's what, you know, gossiping clown girls like them did back in the day. And they gossip about Luke and Shane doing acid. And Allison bets that it was all Luke's idea. And he probably doesn't even feel guilty. Snake arrives and Allison tells Amy that Snake is a hunk. And she's decided that Snake is going to take her to the graduation dance. Yeah, that's right. Allison decided that Snake's... Okay, whatever. Amy says that Allison hardly knows Snake. But Allison says that she's going to change that as Snake is good at, is good at math. 
and Allison suddenly needs tutoring. Kathleen arrives at school through the halls, and she sees Melanie at her locker, and Kathleen almost looked like she wanted to say hi to Melanie, but Melanie says hi, and Kathleen keeps walking. Caitlin arrives, and Melanie says that she wishes she'd never ratted on Kathleen out because of the eating disorder, because they used to be best friends. Caitlin says that at least Melanie helped, and that's when Snake arrives, and he says hi to Melanie, who lights up like Christmas, and Snake says... Hi, um, how are things? <laughs> oh, I love it. Melanie says things are great. And she asks Snake how he is. And he says that he's good. <laughs> These two together, man. <laughs> they part ways and Allison arrives. And she asks Snake for help in math. And he agrees to help as Melanie's looking on and she's looking all sad. And I'm really pulling for, I don't know about you guys, if you were watching this or you're watching this now, but I... Watching this, especially now, I'm really pulling. I mean, I know what happens, obviously, but you, know, you really want to, you really want it to work out for Snake and Melanie, man. Two great characters, as far as I'm concerned. Two of the best. <sighs> and Melanie is now upset because Allison likes Snake, and she says Snake like out Al- likes Allison. Caitlin tells Melanie that Snake and Allison are in the same class, and it's just homework thing. And Melanie says that she can't complete with a glamorous niner, <laughs> and she might as well join a convent. <laughs> <laughs> glamorous Niner. She's wearing matching sweaters with her friend. What's glamorous about that? Even in the 80s, come on. Caitlin reminds Melanie that Snake likes her because he's asked her out twice. And Melanie says that she's ruined it both times. Caitlin then suggests that Melanie ask Snake out, and Melanie considers it. Elsewhere, we go to class. Arthur offers Yick some gum, and he squirts him in the face with water instead because you see it was joke gum. I actually had joke gum, but it wasn't didn't squirt water. It was like a mouse trap. If you when you tried to pull out the stick of gum, it was like one of those uh, double mint type kinds, not the bubble gum, the little squares, but one of those long thin strips. You would pull it out of the package, and then it'd be like a mouse trap would get you in the thumb. So that's what I had when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yick asks Arthur where he got all the great joke stuff, and Arthur tells him that he got it at Joe's Joke Emporium. Arthur invites Yick to the Emporium with him and his dad that night, and Yick accepts, saying that Arthur's dad is so cool. Well, if you look at his dad, we saw him earlier, he doesn't look cool. <laughs> but hey, looks can be deceiving, just saying. Arthur says that his dad used to be cool until Carolyn came along, and Yick insists that she can't be that bad, and Arthur says that Carol tries too hard to act like she's his mother, and Yick tells Arthur that he's got to do something about her. Class ends and an announcement comes over the PA system for Mr. Lawrence. (laughs) And he says that due to lack of interest, tonight's pep rally has again been canceled. (laughs) Lack of it. Pep rallies are are for school spirit. (laughs) Nobody gives a crap. (laughs) Uh, Some of these announcements, man, you got to listen really closely in these these shows. Some of them are really friggin' funny. Uh, Arthur then squirts Yick in the face with water via a pen. And Yick suggests that Arthur play a trick on Carol to get her angry and break up with his dad. Arthur says that he wouldn't dare because Carol's got no sense of humor. And Yick insists that Arthur do it because of that. And Arthur agrees. And he says that the whoopee cushion should do the trick. Elsewhere, Allison finishes up a conversation with Snake as they agree to meet up somewhere. Allison then runs off to Amy in excitement. 
Joey shows up and he tells Snake how lucky he is because Allison's a babe. Snake replies that she's just alright. Joey then realizes that Snake is still high on Melanie and every time he's gone out with her it was a disaster. Yeah, no shit, Joey. One of which was the fault of you and Wheels. Everybody remember that episode? Degrassi Buddy, episode something. Degrassi Junior High. Melanie and Snake go out on their first date to go to a movie. Joey and Wheels decide to show up and ruin it. But then again, Yick also showed up, who was supposed to be going to the to out with Melanie. So, I guess everybody played a part. So, well, except for Melanie, she was totally innocent because she's cool. Uh, Snake replies that no wonder Melanie doesn't like him, and he says that Joey's no help. Joey says that he's just trying to help. Now that uh, and he's just trying to help, and that Melanie's a baby while Allison's a babe. <sighs> Tell you that back then, I would have taken, even now if I was still a kid, I would have taken Melanie over Allison any day, man. Because Melanie's cool and quirky. Allison wears matching sweaters with her friend. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Elsewhere, Luke approaches Tim in the hallway and he asks Luke if he saw if he's seen Shane. And Tim nods in the affirmative. Luke asks Shane, uh, or, or Luke asks how Shane is. And Tim says that Shane is still unconscious. And Luke asks, Luke asks if Shane looks really bad. And Tim gets angry and tells Luke to go see for himself. And Luke says that he and Shane aren't real close. And he doesn't really like hospitals anyway. Tim doesn't, <laughs> Tim doesn't care for that answer. No shit. And he just angrily walks off. Because uh, you remember people. If you listen to that, that episode of Movie Buddy. Or watch the episode of the show. Tim was right there as he watched Luke give Shane the acid, and yeah, so Tim knows the deal, man, Tim ain't stupid. Meanwhile, in the stairwell, Melanie is still upset about Snake and Allison, and suggests that maybe she should just dye her hair blonde, <laughs> and Kaylin tells her to relax, yeah, no, no shit, <laughs> or, what, or how we used to say back in the day, at least at my school, no guff, <laughs> no guff, anyone else ever say that, you listen to this, you're back from back in the day, you're my generation, you ever said no guff, <laughs> no guff, <laughs> Ah, we go to a classroom for the open house welcome committee. Alex is there trying to decide how to greet the parents for parents night. And he's wondering, should he say, welcome to Degrassi? Or welcome to Degrassi? <laughs> but obviously emphasizing which word should he say, welcome to Degrassi? Or welcome to Degrassi? Well, this is Alex. Well, just be Alex, man. Melanie and Caitlin arrive, and Melanie drops her books on the ground when she sees Snake and Allison there, there together. Allison laughs as Snake looks on, looking like he wants to help Melanie. Kathleen is also there, and she looks up from her desk at Allison laughing at Melanie, and Kathleen does a little grin. Melanie is there to help with the welcome co- welcoming committee. Obviously, that's where they're, what they're all doing there. And she sees Allison whispering and, and laughing in Snake's ear. Ah, poor Melanie. Melanie's so friggin' cool, man. It's not fair. Ah, but well, maybe she'll get uh, she'll get uh, what she deserves. Yeah. Uh, back at home, Yick and Arthur are playing with joke stuff as they wait for Arthur's dad to get home from work. His dad does get home and he's got Carol with him. Arthur quickly places the whoopee cushion under a couch cushion. Arthur's dad introduces Yick to Carol... Or introduces them to each other. Carol and Arthur's dad are postal workers. They're actually wearing post post worker, post man, post woman uniform. So they're postal carriers. So yeah, co-workers dating each other. I personally would not recommend that. Just saying, personal experience. Moving on. Arthur ex- Arthur offers Carol a seat, but she doesn't take it. 
Arthur then asks his dad if Yick can go with them to Joe's Joke Emporium. And Arthur's dad tells him that he forgot, as he and Carol are going bowling instead, because they've got a bowling league at work. Arthur's dad suggests that Arthur and Yick go to Joe's themselves. Arthur then tells his dad that he called his mother last night and that she's going to be taking him to France for two weeks. Arthur's dad then kisses Carol on the cheek and he says, How nice. <laughs> In other words, oh, we'll have the place to ourselves. I wonder what we're going to do. <laughs> he offers to Carol a beer and she joins him as Arthur smacks, Arthur's dad smacks Carol on the ass right in front of Arthur. Arthur tells Yick that he hates when his dad does that. And Yick asks Arthur if he thinks Carol and his dad do it. <laughs> and Arthur doesn't want to think about it. <laughs> oh, man, love it. <laughs> the next morning, Arthur's alarm goes off at 7 a.m. He gets up and he heads to his dad's room and he knocks on the door. He opens his door and he sees his dad and Carol in there sleeping. Carol obviously is uh, nude from at, at least the, the waist up, but she's uh, sleeping on her stomach. Arthur's dad eventually gets up and sees that uh, Arthur has, what Arthur has stumbled upon. Arthur is shocked, and uh, yeah, he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> at, breakfast, at breakfast, meanwhile, Arthur is, mo- Arthur is moping over his Cheerios when his dad joins him. Arthur's dad says that Carol really likes Arthur. And Arthur will really like Carol once he gets to know her. But Arthur just shrugs it off and says, he just says, yeah, right, Dad. And Arthur's dad is obviously upset that Arthur isn't happy about the situation. You really got to feel for Arthur's dad, man. I mean, he, he, come on, man. He deserves a life. He's not too old. 30-something. Shut up. <sighs> mean, but still, Arthur's dad tries to make Arthur laugh by checking out the joke stuff that he and Gick got at Joe's. But Arthur doesn't budge. Still making his dad feel awkward. Come on, Arthur. Crying out loud. Uh, Well, divorces ain't easy on uh, kids, man. And uh, sometimes those kids don't like when one of their parents ends up uh, uh, courting somebody else. Just the way things are. Arthur asks his dad if he and Carol are going to get married. And his dad says that he doesn't know. And he tries to explain their relationship to Arthur, who quickly gets up and leaves for school. Arthur's dad says he'll see him at the open house. At school, Joey and Caitlin arrive in class, and Joey tells Caitlin that he's going to make sure that he and his mother get Caitlin as a tour guide and asks Caitlin not to bring his mother to Radich's class. Caitlin then asks Melanie if she has Snake out yet, and Melanie says that she didn't get a chance. Caitlin insists that Melanie will get a chance at the open house that night. Yick arrives and he pulls an inflatable worm in a can out of, you know, the, you know that, the, the can, you open up the can and things pop out. Well, he does that to Arthur, but Arthur doesn't budge. Arthur tells Yick that Carol slept over last night. And Yick asks Arthur if they were naked. <laughs> Swamp sex robots, baby, yeah. Arthur says that this means Carol's going to get a toothbrush and leave it in the bathroom. Then she's going to bring over a suitcase and then another suitcase. And then all of her stuff was going to be moved in. As that's what happened before his mother and Jerry got married. Uh, eventually class ends. And Luke gives Tim a card to give to Shane. Tim tells Luke to give it to him and give it to Shane himself. As he went to the concert with Shane. And took the acid with him. And Luke says Shane didn't have to take the acid. 
Tim angrily tells Luke that he could have stayed with him at least. And he knew it was Shane's first time. As Luke gets angry and pushes Tim up against the locker. And he insists that he feels bad about everything and leaves. Elsewhere, Alex is still trying to figure out how to greet parents for the open house. You know, welcome to Degrassi or welcome to Degrassi. Well, it's tough. Melanie enters the girls' washroom with a bunch of makeup on and she starts rehearsing in the mirror how she's going to ask Snake out. And that's when the toilet flushes in one of the shitters and Kathleen walks out and gives Melanie a little smirk. And Melanie looks like she's about to say something but suddenly doesn't and just leaves. Kathleen then laughs in the mirror as she washes her hands. So... When I'm, while I'm watching this, I'm really pulling for these two. You know, they're one of the, another one of those classic dynamic duos. Anyway, it's open house time and Snake arrives and he's greeted by Allison who compliments his shirt. Melanie is also there and also compliments Snake's shirt. Snake thanks them and says that his mom bought, him, bought the shirt for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my mom bought it for me. Yeah, you go, Snake. <laughs> Impress those ladies. Ah. <sighs> Nancy hands Snake a clipboard and is about to pair him up with somebody when both Melanie and Allison say in unison that they'll team up with Snake. Kathleen then jumps in and Kathleen's sitting there at a desk and she says that Snake is paired with Melanie. And Melanie smiles as Allison freaks out asking, says who? And Kathleen says, says my list. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. These, uh, Kathleen's coming around, man. What a great character. I mean, she's, she's, she's a friggin snob she's got her little problems but she's very very awesomely complimented by the awesomeness and quirkiness of Melanie so she's coming around it's awesome anyway Snake is happy as he and Melanie walk off together to do their tour guide thing elsewhere Melanie and his mom arrive and Joey introduces his mom to Caitlin for the first time Joey's mom says that this is the young lady Joey can't stop talking about and that she's just as pretty as Joey said she was. Embarrassing Joey as Caitlin laughs. <sighs> Elsewhere in the school, Snake and Melanie drop off some parents in Radish's class. Snake and Melanie wait outside in the hall. Snake aw- awkwardly says that, uh, that this is fun. <laughs> and Melanie agrees. <laughs> and she's got red shit on her teeth. <laughs> she asks Snake to a movie and Snake happily accepts. Melanie has a big smile on her face, exposing even more the red lipstick on her teeth. Snake pauses and suddenly says that Allison invited her, invited him to her party tomorrow night, and he promised that he'd go. Snake says that he'll ask Allison if Melanie can come, and Melanie says, you know, not to bother as Allison wouldn't want her there. Snake then finally tells Melanie that she's got some red stuff on, stuff on her teeth, and Melanie freaks out and runs off. Uh, but she's still awesome, man. Elsewhere, Yick is trying to convince Arthur to talk to his dad about Carol before it's too late. He tells Arthur that the open house is his big chance to talk to his dad without Carolyn being there. And that's when Arthur's dad arrives, and he's greeted by Alex. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Degrassi, Mr. Kobolowski. See you. Hi, I want you to meet someone. And this must be Mrs. Kobolowski. She's not my mother. I knew I shouldn't have come here. Nonsense. That was rude. Me? Rude? This is supposed to be for parents. I didn't think you'd mind if I invited Carol. Well, I do mind. I can't cope with this. I think I should leave. Yeah, leave. Arthur, smarten up. We were doing fine without you. 
I'm leaving. Very disappointed. That was very mean. Welcome to Degrassi. Welcome to Degrassi. Uh, yep, way to make a scene, Arthur. So Arthur's dad runs off after Carol as Arthur stands there with a grumpy look on his face. Elsewhere, we go to a stairwell where Melanie overhears Allison and Amy ripping on her. I feel sorry for Snake. Yeah, stuck with that Melanie chick. Don't you think she's totally immature? Oh, for sure. And her makeup? <laughs> Talk about overdose. I think she's got a major crush on him. As if he'd ever like her. Why don't the two of you just shut up? At least Melanie's nice. Which is more than I can say for either of you. Excuse me. What's her Oh, I love it. Kathleen coming around to the rescue. You know what they say? They say that, that what is, how is, what is that, 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 that quote? It's, it's something about, you know, how, how it's not about what, what people say about you to your face. It's what people say about you when you're not there. So, you know, well done, Kathleen. She's, she's like, what a, yeah, well done. So awesome. Anyway, Kathleen, after after this, after that little uh, face-to-face, she then comes, Kathleen, then comes face-to-face with Melanie, and they say nothing to each other, but they just smile at each other. We return to Arthur's house, where Arthur is, Arthur is just angrily sitting there waiting for his dad to return. He had his arms all folded, all mopey. His dad finally returns, and he's alone. Arthur asks his dad why he's always on Carol's side, as he's supposed to be Arthur's dad. His dad apologizes for not spending as much time with him as usual. Arthur asks where Carol is, and his dad says that they had a talk and decided not to see each other for a while. A while. Arthur tells his dad that he made the right decision, but his dad and his dad says that it was actually Carol's decision. As he sits down on a whoopee cushion, Arthur laughs, but his dad doesn't budge. Arthur then tells his dad that he doesn't need Carol, and that he's not alone because he's got Arthur. Arthur then asks his dad if he wants to microwave a pizza for dinner, and his dad says that he's not hungry, as he's visibly upset, which also upsets Arthur. Well, you deserve it, Arthur. You, 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 come on. Clown. Great actor, though, Duncan. Well done. What a great actor. I love the Arthur character. Great, great actor. Uh, the next day at school, Melanie greets Kathleen outside and thanks her for sticking up for her against Allison and Amy. Kathleen says that Allison isn't Snake's type anyway. Melanie invites Kathleen over to her house tonight, and Kathleen says that she can't. As Melanie cops an attitude, little attitude as a result, and starts to walk away, Kathleen stops her and tells Melanie that she has a counseling session that night and that she's been going for a while, which pleases Melanie. Kathleen smiles and tells Melanie not to tell anyone, and Melanie says that her lips are sealed. Snake shows up and greets Melanie as Kathleen heads to class. Melanie? Hi, Snake. I've been meaning to ask you. I was going to yesterday, but you sort of disappeared. You know the graduation dance? Do you want to go, well, sort of together? 
great. Oh, I love it. The way Melanie's face lights up and she doesn't say anything when Snake asks her to dance is just awesome. Wow, what a, Oh, the, the Melanie character, man. Seriously, there was a meme going around uh, via a Degrassi Twitter Twitter account recently of uh, you have uh, 15 bucks and which characters would you choose to quarantine with? And there was a $1 tier and a $2, $3, $4, $5 tier. I think my five fifteen dollars worth ended up being uh I forget who it totally was, but Melanie was definitely in there. She was in the four dollar tier. She should have been in the five dollar tier, but what you gonna do? But I know it was uh who was it? Oh yeah, I know it was I picked my five quarantine my quarantine was Tessa, who was one dollar. Uh I think Arthur was two dollars, which is bullshit. And then Yick, who was three dollars. You know, Yick and Arthur together have the dynamic duel, and then Melanie for four dollars and Joey for five bucks for fifteen bucks. That was my quarantine. Yeah. Anyway, getting back elsewhere uh, in the world, Yick asks Arthur what happened when his dad got home from the open house. Arthur tells Yick that his dad and Carol aren't going to see each other anymore. Yick tries to celebrate with Arthur via a high five, and Arthur gives Yick a half-assed high five back, as Arthur is obviously upset. He tells Yick that Carol dumped his dad and he doesn't know why. Because his dad is a nice guy. And you're an idiot, Arthur. You don't know why? (laughs) Yick says that Arthur's dad is lucky to be rid of Carol. And Arthur says that his dad was so sad last night. And he hasn't seen him like that since the divorce. Yick insists that Arthur should be happy. Because he won. And Arthur then asks how come he feels so lousy. And that's when we get the credits. And the reason you feel so lousy, Arthur, is because it was your fault, you asshead. But what you gonna do? Anyway, that was Degrassi Junior High, Season 3, Episode 13, making Whoopi a great episode. Oh, really pulling for Melanie and Snake. Really happy. Well, me anyway, that Kathleen and Melanie are once again friends, apparently. Well, they are. Spoiler alert. We're gonna find out. Ah, life is... Life is Getting good again at Degrassi. All right. And we're going to continue with Degrassi High Junior High Season 3, Episode 14, air date February 20th, 1989, title Black and White. We're starting, we're at Borden High School. Classes end. Kids get out of science class. BLT is explaining arteries and veins to Michelle. BLT tells Michelle that there's something he wanted to ask her when an, old, when an older student bumps into BLT from behind. He tells BLT to watch where he's going. BL tells the guy to watch where he's going instead. The guy shakes his head and he calls BMT a dumb N-word with the hard R. Yep, they actually said it on TV. And uh, the racist ass starts to walk away. BLT pauses for a second and then charges at the guy and they start slamming each other into lockers before BLT gets the guy in a headlock and then this this other this student shows up and it looks like he's trying to break the fight up when a teacher shows up and helps break it up and the teacher tells BLT and the racist kid that they're going to the office and then he says to the other kid who I'm convinced was trying to help break it up he says to the other kid you too so the other kid got in trouble unless I'm mistaken 
but it's he he was pulling BLT. He was trying to pull BLT off of the kid. But I don't know. But I, maybe I just watched it wrong. <sighs> yeah, the hard R. Uh, anyway, Michelle picks up BLT's books as BLT, uh, the racist guy, and the innocent or not innocent other kid are being head being led to the office by the teacher, and we get the intro. Seriously, people, go back and watch this episode. Watch that scene. Watch that one kid. Was he trying to break up the fight, or was he trying to help the racist guy? Because it looked to me like he was trying to break it up. I mean, granted, he was, I think, from what I remember, he was behind BLT trying to pull him off. But how do you break up a fight when, without trying to pull the fighters off of each other? So, I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, the next day, Michelle has arrived for school. And Alexa flags her down. She asks Michelle if BLT asked her to the graduation dance yet, and Michelle says no. She says that she and BLT are just friends anyway, but Alexa disagrees as BLT decided to work on the yearbook committee, which he's never done before. Alexa assures Michelle that BLT is going to ask her to the dance, and Michelle says that she hopes so, but he probably won't because he's popular, cute, and athletic. And why would he ask her out? And I remember watching this episode thinking, yeah, because you're gorgeous. <laughs> uh, yeah, she is. Michelle, the, the actress who played Michelle, beautiful girl, man. I, I, I crushed on many of the, the, the female students back in the day from Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And one of them was Michelle. Heck, another one was Alexa. <laughs> but yeah, beautiful girl. Uh, the one problem I would have with her, though, is that uh, the character, not the actress, the character... As we're going to find out in uh, later episodes of, uh, spoiler alert, Degrassi High, <laughs> that uh, she comes off as very high maintenance, just saying. Anyway, Alexa then wonders what's, what happened after the fight yesterday, as BLT never came back to school afterwards. Elsewhere in the hallway, Scooter and Bond are taking pictures for the yearbook. <laughs> Bond, I love Bartholomew, these two are great. And it's LD's turn, and they tell LD to smile as she poses with her soccer gear and a trophy. And she says that she feels ridiculous as she poses and the picture's snapped. We go to the stairwell where Spike tells Liz that Emma's babysitter is moving away to Vancouver. And she doesn't know what she's going to do as things were getting so perfect because Spike would take care of this of the other woman's kid in the evenings. Whereas the other woman would take care of Emma during the day. So it was perfect, but now she's moving away to Vancouver. Way to ruin it all. <sighs> Spike says that she, if she can't find a replacement, she'll have to drop out. And she doesn't want to just be another teenage mom. Elsewhere, BLT arrives and he tells Wheels and Snake that he got a warning after the fight yesterday. And he says that the next time he's in a fight, he's going to get suspended. But he doesn't care as the next time he sees the guy, he's going to plow him to the ground. Snake asks if it would be better just to forget about it, and B BLT tells Snake that it's easy for him to say, as nobody's ever called Snake a hard R. Yeah, the hard R, the N-word. Yep. And he said the hard R. He didn't say hard R. He said, once again, we get, the, we get the hard R on TV. CBC, public television. <sighs> BLT heads into class, and he's greeted by Michelle, who gives him his book back, books back. And she asks him what happened. BLT says that he just got a lecture and it's no big deal. And then BLT asks, finally asks Michelle to the graduation dance and she happily accepts as class begins. Elsewhere, class, elsewhere, Scooter and Bond are still taking pictures for the yearbook. And it's Melanie and Kathleen's turn, so they're once again buds. 
Melanie wants to make sure that people see that she no longer has braces. Kathleen wants to hurry it up as the picture is taken. As the picture is taken. And afterwards, Melanie wants to try another pose and another shot is taken. And I think the second shot is better, me personally, because in the first shot, Kathleen looked all, like, mopey. Just all, just dead, just dead-faced. Whereas in the second shot, she looks more, more human, I guess. <laughs> ah, use the second picture, Bond. Anyway, at lunch, Liz suggests... Liz suggests that Spike put Emma in daycare, but Spike says she can't afford it because Shane can't give her money anymore. Shane, after all, is in the in the hospital after because you just couldn't say no. Liz then suggests that Spike get a part-time job after school, and she saw a sign at a restaurant looking for a server, and Spike likes the idea. Elsewhere in the lunchroom, BLT tells Snake that he can't play basketball after school because he's helping Michelle with the yearbook. Snake and Wheels then grin at BLT or at each other as BLT asks them what they're smiling about and they joke about BLT being in love. Michelle, Alexa, Lucy, and LD sit down for lunch elsewhere in the cafeteria as LD says that she wouldn't mind going out going to the dance with BLT. Alexa agrees as BLT is, all, is a great dancer and she says that that goes without saying. <laughs> Lucy asks Alexa what's that supposed to mean and Alexa says it's because he's black. Lucy says that that's like saying all blacks are great athletes, and Alexa says that, well, he was captain of the basketball team. <laughs> oh, you and Simon belong together. And Lucy says that, that that's not because he's black, it's because he's got talent and he works hard. Alexa apologizes and says that it was just a comment, and her parents would die if they found out she was going out with a black guy, and they don't even like her going out with Simon. LD asks her why, and Alexa says it's because Simon isn't Greek. <laughs> uh, I had a friend back in this day. I remember we watched this episode, and he was very high on Alexa, and he was also Greek. So when at that point when Alexa says, oh, because he's not Greek, my friend popped and, and blurred out that, hey, I'm Greek. Yeah, so he was very high on Alexa. Ozone, yeah. Uh, Michelle then asks how you can go out with someone when your parents say you shouldn't. And they all laugh at her. They say that you don't have to do everything your parents say and joke about Michelle being the perfect daughter. LD asks Michelle if she ever gets in trouble, and Michelle says lots of times. Like when she doesn't clean her when she doesn't clean her room. <laughs> and they all laugh at her. No shit. <laughs> uh, back at school, Bond and Scooter are still taking pictures. And it's Joey's turn for some reason. <laughs> And he's posing with his skateboard and he's wearing a Zit Remedy shirt. So that's probably why he's there. Well, then again, it's not like you, have, there's, you need any reason. I, I still have a few yearbooks from uh, high school and there's just random pictures of kids. Uh, Alright. Anyway, Joey poses with his skateboard and his uh, Zit Remedy shirt. And he asks if Bond and Scooter are too young to be taking pictures. And Scooter replies that, that he's in grade 8. Same as Joey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. We go to Michelle's house where she and BLT are, are arranging pictures for the yearbook when the clock strikes 6 p.m. and BLT has to leave. Michelle's parents suddenly return home and Michelle is excited to introduce them to BLT. Her mother shakes Bryant's hand as Michelle introduced him as Bryant. Michelle, sorry, her mother shakes BLT's hand and then BLT goes to shake Michelle's dad's hand but he motions that he can't because he's carrying groceries and it's really awkward. He can't, you clown. 
Anyway, before I continue, the, uh, the, the dude who plays Michelle's dad in this episode is not the same one who plays her dad in uh, Degrassi High, which we're going to get to as we see more of the character. Uh, BLT leaves as Michelle's parents look at each other a little surprised. Michelle then asks her parents what they thought of BLT, and her mother says that he seems very nice. And his dad says that you never mentioned he was colored. Oh, man. <sighs> but also, I mean, like he, all, all you did was meet him and say hi. So how are you supposed to determine somebody's awesomeness or lack thereof just by that? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Anyway, Michelle's dad is a dumbass. But continuing, Michelle says she didn't think it was important mentioning that BLT was a, a man of color. Michelle's mom asks uh, her how school was, and Michelle says that BLT asked her to the graduation dance. And that's when her dad tells Michelle that uh, that she can't go, that she should have asked them before she accepted. Michelle's mom tells Michelle that she's too young to go out on dates with boys. Michelle says that lots of kids her age go out on dates. And her mother says that she can go to the dance, but with her girlfriends. And that they're doing it for Michelle's own good, as Michelle just quickly walks off to her room. The next day at school, Scooter and Bond are still t- Bond <laughs> are still taking pictures and it's Heather and Erica's turn. They pose with a book about horoscopes. And uh I don't know why unless they have a horoscope class, but whatever. I guess you don't really need a reason to take pictures for a yearbook. Well, you don't. Just look at yearbooks in general. And then we go to Spike's locker, and Spike is telling Liz that her mom is okay with Spike getting a part-time job after school, and she called the restaurant and has an interview after school that day. Spike is nervous, though, because she's never been to a job interview, and Liz offers to go with her. We go to the library, and Michelle is upset about her parents, and Lucy suggests that Michelle try sulking, as it always works with her parents. Michelle, Alexa suggests that Michelle cry, but Michelle says she can't but she just can't do that. Alessa asks Michelle what she's, what she's going to tell BLT. Michelle says that she doesn't know. Elsewhere in the library, Snake is helping Wheels with algebra. And is confusing the hell out of Wheels. Because you can't have Z without Y. But you can have Y without Z or something. <laughs> uh, Alright. Algebra. Come on, man. Who does algebra now? When you're not in school. Unless you're working for NASA. Why? Why do you have to learn out? Al- Why did we have to learn algebra? I guess just in case we wanted to be rocket scientists? I don't know. Anyway, the bell rings and BLT asks Michelle what color dress she's wearing to the dance. Michelle says that she doesn't know yet. And BLT says that she's gonna buy, he's going to buy her a corsage. And they're going to be the finest couple there. As Michelle awkwardly looks down at her feet, prompting BLT to ask her what's, what's up. Michelle, Michelle tells BLT that her parents said that she can't go to the dance with him. And she apologizes. BLT says that he knew that they didn't like him. But Michelle insists that they do because her mom said so. But they think that she's too young to date. BLT asks Michelle if it's because he's black. Michelle says no. And they're just overprotective. And uh, as bad as this situation is, I tell you, I love seeing the early stages of all these classic Degrassi tandems. You know, from BLT to Mich- BLT and Michelle, Snake and Melanie, Joey and Caitlin. Just awesome. Love it. Memories. And of course, to a lesser extent, Alexa and Stupid Simon. 
Uh, anyway, in class, students are taking tests as BLT keeps looking over at Michelle, who looks over at him, as Alexa, Alexa looks over at Michelle, and then at BLT, and then at Simon, who's doing his test and probably thinking something stupid. <laughs> he is Simon, after all. <laughs> Back in the hallway, Scooter and Bond are still taking pictures as Scooter cleans the lens of the camera. It's now Arthur and Yick's turn as they pose with their award-winning science fair project from the Food for Thought episode, which was reviewed and recapped here on Cereal and Grape Juice Presents Degrassi Buddy. Yeah, check it out. They take the picture, and after they take the picture, Arthur suggests doing another picture with just the robot. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michelle is at her locker getting ready to leave when Lucy, LD, and Alexa invite her to go look at dresses for the dance. Michelle declines the offer. Michelle then asks if they think the reason her parents don't want her to go to the dance with BLT is because he's black. They all look awkwardly at each other, and LT replies that she doesn't know and asks Michelle what she thinks. Michelle says that they're her parents, and she doesn't know, but they're, they're my parents. And Lucy says that just because they're your parents doesn't mean they're perfect. Lucy, LD, and Alexa leave, and Alexa asks Lucy... If she ever gets discriminated against, and Lucy says yes, that she's been called things like half-breed because she's half-black. Meanwhile, Spike and Liz arrive at the restaurant for Spike's interview. Spike goes in and asks to speak with Dawn, who flinches at the sight of Spike and her hair. Dawn remarks about Spike's hair and asks her what her mother says about it. And Spike says nothing, but Dawn doesn't buy it. Spike asks what the job entails, and Don jokes with a customer who's standing there that if he hired Spike, he can save on scrub brushes. He asks Spike how she makes her hair like that and suggests that she sticks her finger in a light socket every morning. Uh, Don then looks at his watch and tells Spike that she's late. And Spike says that she's no. Spike says no. Don said 4 o'clock. Don replies and says no, I said 3.45. And if someone's late for a job interview, you don't hire them. Spike is sure that Don said 4 o'clock and she pleads for a chance. But Don says he already gave her a chance and he wishes her a nice day. Spike asks Don how he gets through life and she leaves as Don remarks to his customer, Punks. Spike then tells Liz outside that, side that she didn't get the job because of her hair. And Liz says that she's going to go back there and throw a rock through his window. Spike says not to, though, as that's what he, Don expects them to do. And there's got to be other jobs as everybody can't be a pig. Elsewhere, Michelle arrives home from school. She asks her mom if the reason she can't go to the dance with Bryant is because he's black. And her mom says no. She tells Michelle that they don't care if Bryant is black, green, or purple. And that they believe in equal opportunity. But unfortunately, not everyone is like them. And Michelle is confused about what the hell that means. And her mom says that some people have trouble with the idea of interracial dating. And while mom and dad don't agree with it, other people can be very cruel. Well, that is true. Well, it is true that interracial dating wasn't uh, much of a thing back in the day. But I don't remember people having a problem with it. But, uh, but uh, obviously there were some people who did. It was, As I said, it wasn't a thing. So when it became a thing in the beginning... I'm sure there were a lot of people who had a problem with it. So, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to say, hey, too bad. It's, it's my life and I'm going to date who I want because 
I'm awesome and you're a dumbass. Yeah. Anyway, Michelle, Michelle's mom tells her to imagine if she and BLT got married and had kids. And to think about how hard it would be on the kids. <sighs> Michelle says that it's just a graduation dance. And she and BLT aren't getting married. And mom says that people aren't... People... That people from different cultures have different values. Michelle says that BLT was born here and he's been here all his life. Mom tells Michelle that it's a very complex world. And she'll understand when she's older. And they always try to do what's best for her. Ah, alright. The next day at school, Bond adjusts the camera for a picture of him and Scooter together. They pose together, each holding a comic book. <laughs> And they're holding the same comic book, but they each have their own. <laughs> the picture takes and they celebrate it being the last picture for the yearbook. Elsewhere, Michelle greets BLT at his locker. And she tells him that he was right about her parents. And that her, uh, that her mom said that people are better off with their own kind. But she thinks that they're wrong. BLT says, great. And he starts to walk off and Michelle calls out to him. And she tells BLT that she doesn't care what her parents say. And she still wants to go to the dance with Bryant. They both smile at each other. We get the freeze frame and the credits. Another great episode. Another pushing the envelope episode via the hard R. Ah, Bond and Scooter. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, awesome. As we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Love it. And we start next. We go next with uh, season 3, episode 15. Air date February 27th, 1989. Title... Party or party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we start at Borden High, clutches with Lucy, and he asks if he can go to her house that night. But Lucy is hesitant because last time he was there, he was drunk. Clutch tells Lucy that it won't happen again, and he really likes her. And Lucy ends up agreeing to go in her house. And as Clutch is walking off, he tells Lucy that he's he'll bring some brewskis. <laughs> And Lucy tells him not to bring any beer as Clutch half-assed okays her and says it'll pick her up after school. And he leaves Lucy looking concerned. No shit, though, with that half-assed okay? Come on, man. Clutch. Your stupid car. Anyway, that's when we get the intro. <laughs> after the intro, classes end and LD and the twins are excited about a party at Alexa's house that night. Lucy joins him and LD asks her if she's bringing Clutch to the party and Lucy says she's not going as she's hanging out with Clutch instead because her parents aren't going to be home. LD and the twins swoon about how cute Clutch is as Lucy tells them that he wants to bring beer and that when he drinks he always gets drunk and he starts acting stupid. Class ends at junior high and Kathleen talks about how it isn't fair that she and Melanie uh, don't get to go to Alexa's party. Or no, sorry, that she doesn't go to get, get to go to Alexa's party. Melanie tells Kathleen that the party is for grade 9s, but the, she only gets to go because Snake invited her. Kathleen tells Melanie that she helped her get Snake by making them pair up at the open house. And Melanie can pay her back by inviting her to Alexa's party, but Melanie says she doesn't even know Alexa that well. Elsewhere, Wheels and Snake are going over confusing al algebra stuff when they run into Joey at his locker. Joey excitedly pulls out the fakest fake ID in the history of fake IDs. <laughs> it's got no picture on it. It's just a yellow card with identification written at the top of it and a name. <laughs> and a birth date on it. 
Oh my god. And Joey remarks that it only cost him five bucks. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Wheels tells Joey that the ID looks fake. And Snake asks who John Bertram is. As it's obviously the name on the card. And he's 21 years old. <laughs> Snake tells Joey that nobody's going to believe he's 21 because he's short. <laughs> uh, it's not that. It's that, come on, man. <laughs> See that ID? God. <laughs> Kids are stupid. Uh, anyway, LD, Lucy, and the twins are studying in the library when Alexa arrives from her dentist appointment. And she tells them that the party at her house is off because their parents changed their mind. As it's too close to exams. And one of the twins says that that's why they need a party. <sighs> okay, maybe it's because I never went to any parties during my school career. But... Uh, I even hate the word, okay, when it comes to this type of, like, schools things. Like, I would hear in high school kids talk about how they're going to a party this weekend or they went to a party last weekend. Ah, it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I see TV shows and movies showing parties and it, it's a, it doesn't do anything for me. God, what a stupid word. <laughs> Lucy then suggests that maybe they can still have the party. I gotta think of another name for it because I'm getting irritated already. And they can have it at her house since her parents will be away. Everybody quietly celebrates as LD asks Lucy about what about your plans with Clutch that night. And Lucy says that she really didn't want to be alone with him. And she'll tell him that her parents changed their plans as everybody then loudly celebrates in the library. Lucy tells them that there are rules, however. The party has to be small so nothing can go wrong. Close friends are okay, and no touching Lucy's parents' booze. Classes end, and Kathleen is still asking Melanie to ask Snake if she can go to the party, because Kathleen really needs a party. <laughs> Come on, I got up. It's God, I'm cringy. Seriously, when I watched this episode for the recap, oh, every time they said that freaking word, I was cringing more and more. Anyway, Snake suddenly arrives and he informs Melanie that the location of the soiree has changed to Lucy's house. Melanie then asks Snake if Kathleen can go to the, the thing. Snake looks back at Wheels, who, right in front of Kathleen, shakes his head and mouths the word no. But Snake says okay anyway. <laughs> oh, I love it. Outside, Clutch arrives in his Clutchmobile to pick Lucy up. And Lucy's upset about having to lie to him about the change of plans. And she tells Clutch about the change of plans. And Clutch suggests to going to Alexa's get-together instead. <laughs> Lucy tells Clutch that Alexa's thing, party, whatever, has been canceled. So Clutch then suggests going to a movie. And Lucy says that she has to do some studying as exams start on Monday. She says goodbye to Clutch, and Clutch is not happy, and he gets back in his Clutchmobile. Back in school, Joey tells Caitlin that he'll meet up with her at Lucy's, uh, <sighs> Lucy's party. Starting to hate that word even more. Snake tells Snake and Wheels greet Joey when the twins show up and ask Joey if he's going to the party. <laughs> Joey says that he that says that he is going to the party. And he's coming with a case of beer. <laughs> they ask him how he's going to get beer. And he shows him the fake ID. <laughs> uh, 
And one of the twins says, what about Lucy's booze? And the other twins replies that that's that, that Lucy said not to drink her parents' booze. And they celebrate as they obviously didn't realize they, they have no idea what a fake ID looks like. <laughs> oh, God. They had it in their hand. They looked at it. All right. The twins leave and Snake is upset that Joey promised them beer. And he says that the idea is too fake. <laughs> no shit. Wheels chimes in and says that Joey doesn't look 21. Don't you want the beer? Yeah, but that ID, it's too fake. Yeah, you do not look 21, really. Well, I don't have to buy the beer. Snake can buy it. No. Oh, come on, Snake, you're big. Just wear a tie. No. Snake, you could pass for 21. No, I couldn't. Yes, yes you, you could. could. You guys don't. I swear the subject is over. We're not talking about it anymore. Oh, I love it. Just wear a tie. <laughs> Just wear a tie. <laughs> oh, here we go. We cut outside to the beer store, and it actually is called the beer store. It still is here. When the Zit Remedy arrive, and Snake is wearing a trench coat. <laughs> and Snake insists that it's not going to work, but Joey says that it will. And Joey adjusts Snake's tie. <laughs> And then, he, Joey, then Joey gives Snake his hat to wear. <laughs> and Snake is also wearing this big yellow pair of gloves. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and, and Snake looks like a damn teenager. He looks like a teenager dressed as, dressed as an adult who's about to perform in a really bad school play. For real, he looks freaking ridiculous. All right? <laughs> He doesn't look, uh, it's, it's, it's a, like an old saying that I have when you see these young teenage girls with all their makeup trying to look older. I like to say to myself, you know, you don't look older, you look obvious, okay? So Snake does not look older, he looks obviously underage. <sighs> Meanwhile, anyway, so uh, after uh, Joey gives Snake his hat to wear to try to pass his 21... Joey tells Snake to just act 21 and everything will be okay. <laughs> just act 21. <laughs> Wheels then remove Snake's big ass gloves and they send him into the beer store on his mission. But before he gets to the door, Snake stops. He stops. He turns around and he asks the other zits what kind of beer he should get. And Joey says to just get any kind. Wheels, the friggin' college professor, chimes in and says... Just get a 2-4. <laughs> oh my god. Just get a 2-4. <laughs> so Snake goes in. And he initially walks up to the refund counter like a dumbass. Before realizing that it's the wrong counter. He then goes to the ordering counter. And he greets the sales clerk. Hi. 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 Can I have a... Two four, please. Can I see some ID? ID. Sure. Yeah, most people don't believe I'm 21. Guess I just look young. Must be the freckles. Uh, sorry, can't help you. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, what a... <laughs> what a dumbass. <laughs> I'd like a 2-4, please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, Snake leaves the store, and he tells the other zits that it didn't work. As Joey tells Snake that he didn't use the ID right. <laughs> Wheels then says to just forget the beer and go to the party. But Joey doesn't want to go without the beer he promised. And Joey says that they can just get someone else to buy the beer for them. And he asks a man who just pulled up and the, and the man refuses. Leaving the zit standing out there outside the beer store like a bunch of friggin' morons. <laughs> oh my god, I tell you, I've never been asked... By anyone underage to buy beer for them, but I have been asked in the past, long time ago, uh, from kids standing outside of convenience stores if I would buy them a pack of cigarettes. You know, can you buy me some cigarettes if I give you the money? And I never did. Give me a break. <sighs> oh, anyway, we're at Lucy's house and she's finishing up getting everything set for the party. Oh, God, I hate that word. And she quickly puts her parents' booze away. LD, the twins, Alexa, and dumb Simon are the first ones to arrive. And they have a 2-4 of soda. Some Sprite. <laughs> they walk in. And Simon tells Lucy, I can't wait for, like, the beer to arrive. <laughs> oh, so- I'll tell you, man, he's a, he's a, the character's an idiot and the actor's god-awful, but, oh, he's funny as hell. <laughs> I can't wait for, like, the beauty to arrive. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucy, upon hearing that, is worried, but a twin assures her that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Once, like, the beer arrives. <laughs> Back at the beer store, Joey asks another guy to get beer for them, and he refuses. Wheels and Snake want to leave as Joey just... He says to just wait and ask one more person. When Clutch shows up in his Clutchmobile and he's got Paul with him. Joey then goes to Clutch and asks Clutch if he'll buy the beer for them and Clutch agrees. Snake then wonders how Clutch is going to get the beer when he's only 16 and Wheels replies that maybe Clutch has a real fake ID. (laughs) Anyway, they celebrate outside as Wheels then wonders if Clutch is just going to buy the beer and take off. But Joey insists that that won't happen because there's three of them and only two of those. Two Clutch and Pauls. Come on, they'll still whoop your ass. Clutch gets the beer and he starts walking to his car and he opens the case. And he takes six beers out for himself as commission, which the Zits don't like. Uh, Clutch tells them that they'd have nothing if it weren't for him. And he tells them to run along as Snake says that the beer isn't just for them. It's for Lucy's party. And after hearing that Lucy's having a party, Clutch tells Paul that they're gonna be going that they're going there. But Paul doesn't want to. So Clutch suggests about that they just go find their own action. We go back to Lucy's shindig, where Caitlin, Melanie, and Kathleen arrive. Kathleen is worried about being the only eighth graders there, but Melanie tells her to relax. They knock on the door and Lucy answers, and she's shocked to see them to see them there. She's like she opens the door and she's like, uh Yes, can I help you? <laughs> uh, Kaylin tells Lucy that Joey and Snake invited them. 
and Lucy just lets them in as Gowan is playing on the stereo. Tell you, man, this show really, really liked Gowan. Gowan is a Canadian. I don't. I'm sure. I don't think he's still performing anymore, but he was popular with the Canadians. Gowan and uh, DeGrassi liked to use his music because a lot of his songs were pretty damn good. Melanie and Caitlin ask if Snake and Joey are there yet, and Lucy says that they're out getting beer, which shocks Kathleen, as that isn't like their eighth grader parties. <laughs> They start mingling, and it, and it was actually interesting watching this to see uh, to see all these characters at this soiree with the ninth graders and the eighth graders because we hardly see them interact at school, like if at all. But a lot of that's going to change as uh, the years go on, especially with uh, Lucy and uh, uh, Caitlin. But that doesn't happen until the school's out movie, so I'm skipping ahead. So who cares? Anyway, at the at the at the party, Tim and Nancy are talking about Shane, and they tell one of the twins that they haven't seen him yet, but they were told that Shane has regained consciousness, and the twin is happy with this news. Elsewhere, the Zits are on their way to the party as Wheels is carrying the beer, and he wants to rest because it's heavy. So the Zits decide to to sit down and take a break, as Joey and Snake each take a beer. And they offer one to Wheels, who turns it down. So Joey and Snake each take a beer and take a drink. They remark about how this is the life. They once again offer Wheels a beer, and Wheels once again refuses and reminds them that his parents were killed by a drunk driver. But he tells them that they can have one. You know, he doesn't care if they drink beer, he just doesn't want one. So Joey and Snake go back to enjoying the beer life, when suddenly we see two shadows appear from behind... And one of them shine a flashlight on the zits as it's two cops and they're there and they end the zit remedy drinking party. Speaking of parties, did you know that Lucy's having one? And at this party, <laughs> Caitlin, Melanie, and Kathleen are sitting together on the stairs being ignored by everyone when the phone rings and it's Lucy's mom calling to tell Lucy that their flight was canceled and they're on their way home. <laughs> Lucy freaks out and everyone starts to clean up. And as everyone starts to clean up, Amy and Allison quickly leave as they don't want to help. So they leave. Oh my god, these two. (laughs) Elsewhere, Clutch is drinking in his car and Paul is wondering if Lucy really likes him or not. Or sorry, Clutch is wondering if Lucy really likes him or not. Clutch then tells Paul that they're going to the party, but Paul doesn't want to. Clutch says that if Paul doesn't want to go, he can just leave, get out of the car, bye. But uh, Paul, a true friend, doesn't think uh, Clutch should uh, be driving. So Paul says he, he'll take Clutch to the party as long as he lets him drive. And Clutch agrees. He accepts. And Paul drives him. Back at Lucy's, everything is cleaned up. And the last guests leave as Lucy is relieved. Clutch and Paul then arrive in the Clutchmobile and Clutch is drunk. And he wants to party. Hence saying, party all drunken like an idiot. Clutch knocks on the door and Lucy answers. Well, who else would answer? Clutch knocks on the door. Lucy opens the door. Clutch just walks in and Lucy realizes that he's wasted. Clutch is upset that there's nobody at the party. And he offers Lucy a beer. He's like, you want to have a beer? (laughs) Idiot. And he then says that he wants a kiss and he forces himself on Lucy. As Paul tries to stop him, but Clutch shoves him off. And he continues to try to get a kiss from Lucy... When she knees him to the balls, Clutch falls to the ground. (laughs) 
And Lucy tells Paul to get Clutch out of the house as her parents are going to be home soon. Paul and Clutch then sneak out the front door as her parents just arrived. They sneak, they sneak out the back door as her parents are just arriving at the front. So they got out just in time and Lucy is really... Well done, Lucy. Another successful caper. <sighs> Bored and high the following Monday, Snake tells Wheels that his parents were mad, but they're letting him go to the dance still nonetheless. Wheels says that Joey got grounded for the first time ever as a result of their drinking binge. Wheels says that nothing happened to him because he wasn't drinking. Elsewhere, Lucy, LD, and the twins are raving about the party, even though it ended early. This is at Borden. Uh, Clutch arrives and asks to speak to Lucy alone. He apologizes as he was told by Paul about how he acted. Lucy starts to leave, but Clutch stops her and says that it won't happen again. But Lucy doesn't buy it. And she says that saying sorry isn't good enough anymore. And she walks away, leaving Clutch looking like a loser. We get the freeze frame and the credits. A classic, classic 2-4 episode. So, oh my god, I'd like a 2-4 please. Just ask for a 2-4. <laughs> uh, but then again, when you're that age, you don't know shit, man. All your, you know, I mean, I, I honestly don't remember ever hearing the term 2-4 until maybe my third year of high school. That is how, as I said, I never went to parties. I don't drink, so I'm out of the loop. So I probably would have done the same thing. I'd like a 2-4. <laughs> what? I don't know, a, a beer. <laughs> anyway, now we're on to the very final episode of this amazing series, Degrassi Junior High. It's season 3, episode 16, air date March the 6th, 1989. Title, a very sobering, <laughs> sobering, <laughs> Bye-bye, Junior High. We start with Joey and Caitlin arriving for class as they're in the middle of an argument because Joey stood Caitlin up at Lucy's party and now Caitlin doesn't want to go to the graduation dance with him. Joey tells Caitlin that he couldn't go to the party because the cops took the zits to the station after they bought the beer. And Caitlin said that she's so sick of being stood up and she doesn't want to go to the dance with Joey as he begs for forgiveness. Classes start... Uh, classes start, and uh, Raditz starts handing out their final exams of the school, uh, uh, or sorry, as the school fire alarm then starts going off, and the students mention that that's the sixth time this week, and they're convinced it's just another false alarm, but Raditz says that it could be a real one this time, a real fire this time, and he tells the students to leave in an orderly fashion, as Joey continues to beg Kaylin to go to the dance with him. And she finally agrees as long as nothing goes wrong. And that's when we get the intro. After the intro, exams end in Garcia's class as he tells the class the time is up. And Wheels is still writing his exam. He's not done. Tell you one thing, not to gloat or anything, but my final uh, couple years of uh, high school, I was so damn good that uh, I would finish writing my tests and exam with about another 20 or 30 minutes left to go. <laughs> because when I studied for exams and tests in high school, especially my last uh, couple years, I would write out in very small writing on one piece of paper, study notes, and then I would spend hours rehearsing them, if you will, like I was rehearsing lines for a play. So I would just 
read one line at a time over and over and over and over and over and then read the next one over and over and over until I had everything completely mesmerized in my head and then I would show up the next day for the test or exam and then I would know the answers to the questions before finishing reading the questions. That's all. Yeah, I was a beast my last couple years in high school. A total beast. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, in Radish's class, Joey asks Radish when the marks are will be ready. And Radish tells him that after school tomorrow they will be ready. Spike arrives at school via her mom driving her to school. And Spike is there to take her exams as little baby Emma is crying in the back seat. Spike is worried, but her mother assures Spike that she's good. She'll do fine. It's Spike. Spike's, Spike's smart. I mean, she made that that one dumb decision, but you know. But hey, she she's she's still she's still great. Ah, back in the building, some workers are carting around a couple of buckets with the word "flammable" stickered on them. And one of the workers said that the building needs a lot of work, and they leave the flammable buckets in the main office. As long as they uh, get the signed okay, and I guess they did. Mr. Lawrence then comes over the PA system apologizing, apologizing for the recent false alarms, and he blames them on faulty wiring. As Scooter shows up, and he just suddenly starts a game of tag with Tessa, so they start running around playing tag, and they bump into the twins, one of which calls them stupid little kids. <laughs> and Lucy says that she can't wait to get out of there. And go to a real high school full time. And she says, Bye bye, junior high. Yes, she actually said the name of the title of this episode. Well done. Spike shows up to take her exam with super hot Miss Avery. Yeah, who's decked out in her pink, super hot pink number, looking so delicious. Ah, oh, let's just think for a second. Mm, yep, all right. Uh, Hot Ms. Avery tells Spike that she will have uh, her final marks after school tomorrow. Joey arrives home from school and tells his hot mom. That's right. Joey's mom was pretty freaking tasty, man. Watching this, these episodes now in my 40s. Yeah, she was uh, quite the tasty lady. Anyway, he tells his hot mom that exams were a piece of cake. His mom reminds Joey that a, of a deal that they made, that Joey made with his parents... Where anything under a B means that he cannot go to the dance and there's no talking his way out of it. Joey assures his mom that he'll win the deal, but his mom is a little unsure. Joey then asks his mom if he says to his mom, You were a chick once, right? <laughs> and his mom says yes. <laughs> and Joey says that he really likes Caitlyn and he doesn't want to mess things up. And he asks his mom if that if she was Caitlyn... Would she like it if he brought her flowers to the dance? Or would she think that that was sucky? Joey's mom replies that flowers would be very romantic and that Caitlin would love it. The next day at school, Tessa and uh, Scooter are playing tag again, running into more students. In class, Joey arrives as Caitlin is telling Melanie about the dress she got for the dance. Joey tells Caitlin that he got a surprise for her, that, or that he's got a surprise for Caitlin at the dance. But he doesn't tell her even though Caitlin presses him for answers. Radich then arrives and welcomes the students to their last day of grade 8 and they all celebrate. Elsewhere, Garcia is about to close his classroom door when Wheels and Snake show up late as usual. <laughs> Garcia tells Wheels to stay after class and Wheels thinks that he's going to be told that he flunked. And that's when the fire alarm suddenly goes off again and the students once again 
are annoyed as Garcia gets the students to start leaving in an orderly fashion. When Mr. Lawrence comes over the PA and announces that it's just another false alarm due to the faulty wiring. And he says the students can return to class or stay in class. Speaking of which, class then ends. And Radich announces that that's it for this year and the students cheer. Caitlin again tries to get Joey to tell her what his surprise is when Radich asks Joey to stay behind. Meanwhile, Kathleen is upset that she doesn't have a date for the dance. And Melanie suggests that Kathleen ask Yik to the dance and Kathleen says that Yik isn't her type. Melanie then suggests asking Luke to the dance and Kathleen says that she doesn't date druggies. As Caitlin stays outside to wait for Joey. In the class, Radich gives Joey his report card and tells Joey that he did very well and he's proud of him. And I don't know about you, but when I heard Mr. Radish say that to Joey, I felt proud. I felt happy for Joey. Because that, that's, that's great, man. Radish tells Joey that he got two A's, four B's, and one C, which was in French. But it's an improvement over last year when his highest mark was a C. But upon hearing that he got a C, Joey realizes that he's failed the deal with his parents. And he leaves upset and that's when he's greeted outside the class by Caitlin, who wants to, who still wants to know what Joey's surprise is. Joey then tells Caitlin he, that he cannot go to the dance with her. Caitlin gets angry. Joey tries to tell Caitlin that it's because of the deal he and his parents have, but Caitlin will have none of it. She cuts him off, telling Joey that she, that he's always got an excuse, and she, that he always le, uh, lets her down. And she never wants to see him again as she storms off, leaving Joey all upset and the rest of us just upset for him because the, 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 the boy tried and he did a lot better. He got two A's for crying out loud. Anyway, back in Garcia's class, Wheels is still convinced that he failed <sighs> when an announcement uh, from Mr. Lawrence comes over the PA system. And Mr. Lawrence says that the school furnace has been fully repaired since being mal since it's been malfunctioning since Christmas. Remember that episode uh, where that during Christmas where uh, the janitor Luella was working on the furnace, and uh, yeah, apparently she didn't fix it, but now apparently it is fixed. Well, we'll see, won't we? Uh, Garcia gives Wheels his report card. Wheels looks it over, and he then excitedly exclaims that he passed. Garcia then tells Wheels that he actually just scraped by, and the school's been generous because of all the, you know, all the personal stuff that's gone on with Wheels. But Wheels is still excited because he passed anyway. And Garcia tells him that normally they would make him repeat the year, because he's missed a lot of classes and his behavior has been, you know, pretty crappy. But the school knows it's been a difficult year for him, and he has improved during the final stretch. And they believe it would be best if Wheels stayed with his peers. And Wheels is confused as to what all this means. And Garcia tells Wheels that he passed. Wheels jumps and gives Garcia a big hug and runs out looking for Snake to celebrate. Meanwhile at her mom's salon, Spike is playing with Emma and doing a little sweeping. When ultra hot Ms. Avery shows up to give Spike a report card since Spike didn't show up to get it at school. Avery gives Spike her report card and tells her that it's not good. Spike gets upset upon hearing of this and puts the envelope down without looking at her report card. She walks away as Avery follows her. Avery tells Spike that some of her marks are really poor, but if she chooses to accept them, she can move into the general programs 
but not into the academic programs where everybody knows Spike belongs. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, from I don't know if they still do it now. It's been a couple decades. But when I was in high school, you could take... Uh, uh, there was basic, general, and then advanced. So their basic was the, the absolute easiest. So there would be basic math, basic English, basic whatever... And then there'd be medium, like so general, and then advanced for the real smart kids. So that's what they're talking about when they say she can move into general. But Spike belongs in uh, academic or advanced. Ah, Avery recommends that Spike make up for her marks by taking correspondence courses. Spike says that she doesn't see the point as it's been hard since having Emma and going to go to school at the same time. You know, juggling that kind of thing. Spike says that she doesn't want to go to school anymore. As Avery tells her not to give up. Spike says that she could just drop out of school and be a typical teenage mom who never amounts to anything. As Avery tells Spike, you know, to just get the marks that everybody knows that she can get. And that Spike owes it to herself and she owes it to Emma. Spike gets angry. She looks down at Emma and she says that she wishes she never had Emma. And if it wasn't for Emma, none of this was be, would be happening. Hot Avery then freaks out, telling Spike to count her blessings as she can at least have a baby while other women aren't that lucky, hinting that uh, Avery cannot bear children. So that's obviously what they were saying there. Because what Avery actually said is that some of us are not so lucky. So, yeah. Poor Avery, but you're, you're still hot. So, yeah, you can still adopt. Yeah, You and I can adopt Avery. Of course, Avery, boy, how old would she be now? She'd be like 60-something, so... Uh, time machine. Yeah, there we go. Time machine. I'll travel back in time and Avery and I can adopt. Yeah. Anyway, Joey returns home from school upset and he gives his mom his report card. Upon seeing Joey's mood, his mom assumes that it's that it's bad because of, you know, Joey's not happy. Joey's hot mom looks at his report card and she suddenly is really happy at seeing the two A's because he's never gotten an A before. But Joey doesn't care because he still can't go to the dance because of the one C he got. He tells his mom that Caitlin is now mad at him as if he did it all on purpose, you know, getting a C. Joey's hot mom then says that she thinks that he might get to go to the dance if they both talk to his dad. Joey asks, you know, what about the deal? And his mom says that, you know, the deal wasn't to punish him, but to make him try his best as she thinks that they can both convince his dad to let him go to the dance Joey gets happy, they hug, and Joey runs off to call Caitlin and deliver the news. Later that night, students are arriving for the graduation dance, and we see Kathleen and Arthur arm-in-arm, and we see that Wheels and LD are going together. Both ended up wearing green shirts by coincidence. They greet Melanie, which was interesting, because, you know, LD and Wheels are in a higher grade, and as I said before, it was just... It was just very, I think it was cool just seeing these characters who never interacted before just suddenly interacted. So seeing, you know, seeing LD say, hi, Melanie, was just, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know, it was just cool to me. <sighs> but anyway, Melanie's uh, waiting outside the boys' bathroom for Snake. When Snake walks out of the bathroom looking dapper, he greets everyone. And he, he sees Wheels with LD, and he remarks that he didn't know that Wheels and LD were, uh, you know, were an item. But LD says that they're just friends, which is interesting because she, well, we're going to see that eventually in an episode of Degrassi High. LD, for a very, literally, 
brief period of time, meaning like a couple of minutes in one episode, you know, remarks about Wheels' ass. Kind of. Well, <laughs> we'll get there. Anyway, Joey finally arrives and he greets everyone and he asks them if they've seen Caitlyn and he hopes that she'll show up. They all assure Joey that she'll show up. They, you know, they tell Joey that she'll be here, don't worry. They all leave to go to the gym for the dance where, as Joey decides to wait in the hall for Caitlyn. And we go into the dance where just like uh, at the previous graduation dance year, there's about 30 kids. <laughs> Small graduation class, obviously, but you know, I mean, it's, it's a show. What are you going to do? There's about 30 kids dancing as Tessa and Scooter are serving food and beverage at the food and beverage table. Scooter then suddenly starts a game of tag with Tessa, and they begin to play tag once again, running into the twins, one of them who once again calls them stupid kids. <laughs> and Lucy tells Erica to be patient as it's their last day there. And Lucy says, bye-bye, Degrassi Junior High, as the others celebrate. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Anyway, Radich is once again serving as the DJ. I forgot what he called himself at that uh, one uh, dance that he DJed. Like, rocking something Radich. Yeah, he was rocking it, all right. <sighs> and he plays another song as Nancy dances with Tim... <sighs> and uh, Bond is dancing in a line with a few other students. They're doing that, that thing where you do with your hands and do a circle thing and then point and then do another circle thing and then point, you know, that kind of thing. Well, at least Bond is dancing. <laughs> Bond is dancing, but don't worry. Bond is going to teach Scooter how to dance soon. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Kathleen and Arthur arrive at the gym when Arthur asks Kathleen if she only asked him out because his mom is rich. And Kathleen replies that she didn't invite Arthur. She invited Arthur to invite her. <laughs> She's so awesome. <laughs> and she didn't invite him because he's rich. She invited him because he's a boy. And that's when they're greeted by Yick, who apparently is at the dance with Dorothy. Seriously, if you look at that, they greet Rick, they greet Yick, and then it seems that Yick is arm-in-arm arm with little Dorothy. So, alright, well, way to go, Dorothy. Anyway, Scooter and Tessa are still playing tag when they run out of the gym, and they run into Joey in the hall, who's still waiting for Caitlin. Scooter and Tessa run up a flight of stairs and out of a door when Caitlin finally arrives. And it was just awesome watching this. Because this this wasn't like their, uh... That, that first time when, they, when Caitlin thought that... She, she and Joey were going to be going to a dance together, and Joey, like, stood her up and went with Liz instead. Like, this was just awesome. Just seeing Caitlin arrive, and Joey's, well, he's uh, he's not wearing that tuxedo t-shirt, but he's not exactly in a tux, but he's still dressed up. Caitlin's looking great. And just seeing them greeting each other, Joey gives Caitlin the flowers, and they're happy to see each other. They compliment each other on how they look, and everything great, as everything is great. Joey and Caitlin. They're like uh, our Canadian version of Joni and Chachi. Alright. We go back to the gym. Heather, Erica, and Lucy are all dancing together. When Spike and Liz show up. And Spike goes to greet hot Ms. Avery who's looking delicious as usual. And Avery is happy to see Spike. And Spike asks Avery if she can stop by the school tomorrow to pick up some, school, to pick up some correspondence forms. And Avery agrees. 
The kids continue to dance as Raditz jokes on the mic that some of the graduates are going to miss the school. And it gets a real laugh from the kids. Raditz then puts on a slow, slow song by Gowan. As I said, the show loved, loved, or maybe the school, but the show loved Gowan. He plays a Gowan song and dedicates it to all the graduates. Joey's dancing with Kaylin. Arthur's dancing with Kathleen. BLT's dancing with Michelle. Wheels is dancing with LD. Snake is dancing with Melanie. And Alexa is dancing with Stupid Simon. <laughs> and while they're dancing, Joey gives Caitlin a little peck on the cheek. When suddenly, they look over. And they notice, the kids notice that Shane has arrived with Luke. And Shane is there with a walker. Elsewhere in the school, Tessa and Scooter are still playing tag throughout the halls. When the fire alarm goes off. And they think it's just another false alarm and they go back to playing tag. They run to the ground floor of the school where they suddenly smell smoke. Scooter points down at the boiler room door when they see smoke is quickly coming out of the bottom of it. Tessa goes to open the door and the handle is hot. She eventually does open the door and we see suddenly see a massive freaking fire in the boiler room. Oh man. Scooter and Tessa quickly run off screaming for help, but other students don't believe them. The fire in the boiler room is getting bigger as there's a large, there's a few large canisters with flammable stickered on them nearby. <laughs> Tessa and Scooter then end, finally they make it to the gym and they're trying to warn the other students about the fire, but the students do not believe them. They just tell Scooter and Tessa to just dance and have a good time. Scooter and Tessa then get to Radish and they tell Radish about the fire alarm. And they tell Radish to turn off the music so he can hear the alarm as Avery asks them if they're serious and not joking. Radish turns off the music and they, they, they indeed do hear the fire alarm as the rest of the students groan and they're convinced it's just another falsy. Radish tells the students to exit the building as Joey tells Caitlin that he's going to go and get their jackets as Caitlin heads out. Listen, turn off the music, we hear the alarm. Are you serious? You're not joking? We're not joking, no. It's true, I hear it too. This is the fire alarm. Could everyone please exit by the fire doors quietly and Caitlin, I'm going to get your jacket, all right? Smoke is so heavy. There's so much smoke. 
And we get the credits as the school is on fire. And I I am convinced, okay? I am almost 100% certain, okay? That when this episode air aired in 89, I am certain, I am positive that I never saw the part where Joey finally shows up to let everybody know that know that he's okay. I am I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying proper attention. Maybe someone changed the channel. But I am positive that when I first watched this episode back in the day, that it ended with a cliffhanger suggesting that Joey was stuck in the building. But obviously not. Joey's fine. And uh, it was it was something, man. As I said, I watched this episode today just before uh, recording this episode of Degrassi Buddies here on Grapefruits.com. I am Nairby, Twitter and Instagram. And it was something to uh, seeing the school burning. Now, granted, it was obviously special effects, but still. But it, it, it was uh, it was very powerful. Seeing the school on fire and then seeing all seeing all the students outside and Radich outside and they're all just looking on in shock at the fire and this was after they were all just so happy about leaving and just wow what an episode and what an end to a phenomenal series but that's not the end of the Degrassi world no it's not because starting next week we start the recaps of Degrassi High with season one episodes one two and three entitled a new start part one a new start part two and breaking up is hard to do and uh, Degrassi High, man. As much as I love Degrassi Junior High, I personally prefer Degrassi High because uh, it's the, it gets more into the complex world of teenagers, you know? So that kind of thing. Great, great, great series. So stay tuned for that, SerialGrapeJuice.com. If you got any comments, memories, whatever that you'd like me to read and critique on this phenomenally popular show, man, yeah. Just leave them down below in the comments at CerealAndGrapeJuice.com or you can email them to me, Nairby at gmail.com. I can read them, critique them, and tell you where you, tell you that you're wrong and why you're wrong and all that other stuff. Uh, share this about in Facebook groups and on Twitter because we're starting Degrassi High next week. And uh, Degrassi High is only two seasons long, whereas Degrassi Junior High was three seasons, so... Uh, we're actually almost at the end of Degrassi Buddy altogether, unless I decide to do recaps of Degrassi Next Generation. But we will be doing, as I said, uh, also the School's Out movie, which was uh, awesome. But everybody, thanks for listening. Long live Degrassi Junior High. Ah, long live Stupid Simon. <laughs> and get ready, because at some point... Um, yeah, it is next week. I, I think it's... um. It is next week. I don't know if it's in the first, second, or third episode, but it will definitely be next week where we will finally meet the one and only Claude. Who's, uh, yeah, Claude. Anyway, stay tuned for that. And Claude. (laughs) And have a lovely day.